0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. <laughs> Tis that time of the season when the ghouls and goblins prowl. Witches ride their broomsticks and bonehead wildcats howl. So scrape your claws together and make some chilling
1: spooky bosco boys, ooh, ooh, boys.
2: Come on, boys. <laughs> the boys are back and grant is back on the pod he survived baton rouge louisiana uh grant how was your trip down to the bayou
3: it was amazing I mean, <laughs> it's just different world down there. Um, absurd experience, basically top to bottom. Um, pretty much everything that I did was a whole lot of fun. LSU is just insane. By, uh, Baton Rouge is just crazy. I mean, it's a college town, but the population is eight hundred thousand. It's it's crazy. Um, the game was awesome. Death Valley was. As good as I was expecting. I mean, for me, that's like the college football mecca in a way. So it was awesome. Well, I, have lo- I mean, I could share a lot more details if you want, but I could I could do that another time. We can talk about TCU today.
2: Yeah, we'll we'll dive into you know our preview pod. But as always, we're presented by MyBookie.ag. Use promo code Chair for your 100 percent deposit up to thousand dollars. They've been riding with the entire Armchair Network. Uh, so we ride with them. So if you're going to do your illegal gambling because Iowa's too far away and Kansas and Missouri suck, do it at my bookie. Uh, before we get into talking about football, um, we're going to touch on basketball and football recruiting a little bit of soccer, a little bit of volleyball real quick. Basketball recruiting, I mean, everyone knows what's going on these days. Uh, K-State right now, they have the four rivals, 150 commits. They're currently sitting at the number 12 best class, according to Rivals. Uh, There's a lot that still needs to play out, and again, when it's all said and done, it might be closer to 2025. But regardless, sitting here in October, just a month before early signing day, did you ever think K-State could be sitting at the number 12 recruiting class uh, only a month out from early signing day?
3: I mean, honestly, no. Um, Not that I didn't think that the staff – couldn't recruit, but I was hoping that we could maybe get one out of, like, the guys that we were targeting. But, um, yeah, it's come together really, really well, and I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed.
2: Yeah, and then also some news came out uh, uh, from Eric Bossy over on Rivals saying that another top 150 guy, four-star big man, Jethro Misand, and we've been talking about him for about a month now – He's making it seem like it's KU versus K State and maybe Louisville as a distant third. Um, I think that's going to be a bit of a long shot. I deep down in my heart, I probably think he's going to end up at KU. But when you hear stuff like that, that basically is saying, "Hey, K State's going head to head with these two, you know, basketball borderline blue blood programs," uh, when K State already has four commitments locked up, uh, like. What goes through your head?
3: Only positive things. Um, I mean, you want to be in the conversation with talented guys like that, especially you know, big guys for our roster. Um, and we talked about it before. We kind of expect there to be some holes in the roster because there has not been a year where somebody has not left. But it's it's a good sign. That's only a good sign we're going head to head with you know one of the one of the blue bloods and that's a great sign for your program especially when you already have the number 12 class in the country sitting in your back pocket so I mean nothing bad goes through my head
2: yeah no I, I love it and uh, I just hope Bruce can keep it going I mean we have no reason to think he won't um, I'm not going to be devastated if we don't pick up a fifth guy in this class I like where we're sitting And uh, we're just going to have to sit back and enjoy it until early signing day.
3: Yeah, hopefully we can make another splash and we can all be pleasantly surprised. Definitely. So
2: we will move on now, talk a little bit of football recruiting. Um, Not much in the names of specifics, but we do have reason to believe that uh, the next two weekends are going to be pretty big weekends. Head over to K-State Online, uh, ride with Derek Young, Grant Flanders, showing all the recruiting knowledge, um, but there's going to be a tons of it, tons of it during the TCU and Oklahoma game. Um, you got to think another commitment has to be right around the corner in 2020. And then there's been some speculations that you actually might get on the board for the 2021 class, uh, which is something that I can you remember the last time we would be sitting in October and getting a commit for the next year. I can. I like like (laughs) I I, I've only recently been following recruiting as close as I currently am. It's only since uh, Matt Hall and the crew took over at K-State Online, the K-State rival side. But I legitimately was sitting in bed like last night trying to think of the last time K-State had a recruit a whole year early. And that would just be great. And it's just more proof that this coaching staff is getting us up to the times when it comes to recruiting.
3: Yeah, it's huge. I mean, it's, it's embarrassing that we're in 2019 and we're like, this is coming as something that's refreshing to us when it's honestly par for the course, but it is a positive sign.
2: Definitely. Uh, another thing to be on the lookout for, there's been a lot of junior college offers going out, especially in the trenches on both side, the defensive line and offensive line. Um, Two questions for you. A, are you surprised that we've seen a flurry of offers coming out uh, in the trenches for junior colleges? And B, are you concerned a little bit that they feel that it's such a big need to get help in immediately for this 2020 class through the JUCO ranks?
3: Um, I would say I'm not necessarily surprised because we've missed out on a lot of targets um, coming out of high school in the trenches. Concerned slightly. Um, you know, Juco, I feel like, is not what it used to be. Um, but we there are some talented guys that we are going after in the trenches from the Juco perspective. So I don't know. I mean, I feel like we're going to have to just kind of see that play out. But it is a little bit concerning. What about you?
2: I'm not overly worried because that junior college class would fit in with that sophomore class that – was so devastated by transfers and guys that just never made it to campus. So it would fit in nicely, you know, when folks look at, uh, you know, what Ron Prince did, what we've seen down the road at KU for multiple coaches, where they load up on a bunch of junior college guys, that devastates your classes uh, for years to come. That won't be the case here because our sophomore class currently is so thin. Um, so I'm not worried at that aspect. I am... More worried um, than I thought I would be when I kind of sat down and thought about this because that just kind of says to me, for better or worse, that they feel that if they want to compete for the net for in you know twenty 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 one, the depth is not there. They
3: don't have the guys now. Yeah, that's what's concerning.
2: And uh, we knew that we knew the depth wasn't there, but they've now been here. You know, we've been through roughly two and a half months of fall practice. They've gone through an entire spring. If they're sitting here starting to dole out those offers now, that makes me a little concerned for some of those young guys that they're trying to cultivate that they might not get there as quick as, you know, the optimistic side of your brain would have wanted. Right. Um, That's all for football recruiting. As always, check out KC Online. They're going to have you guys covered. Uh, Literally every day they have something new on recruits So go over there. Um, we'll touch on the two big uh, non-revenue sports, the ladies' sports, real quick. Uh, great game. I watched this on Friday. Friend of the pod, Brian Smoller, was on the call. And he had a great call. I tell you what, he is such a talented sportscaster. Um, had a thrilling 2-1 victory. K-State got down one nothing which just seems to be the trend. They were owning the game versus Iowa State, gave up the goal, and you were thinking, here we go again. But Brooklyn Entz got both goals that ended up winning the game, and she won the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week honors, and that's the first time in the program's history that K-State had an Offensive Player of the Week. So that's a pretty neat thing to finally check off the list. Um, they're going to be playing KU on at uh, on Friday, 7 p.m. in Lawrence, Kansas. So if any of the Kansas City or Topeka Cats don't have anything going on, head over to uh, wherever KU plays their games. It's not on campus. It's honestly closer to Topeka than it is to Lawrence. Uh, but go over there, see if they can beat KU. This would be the second time in three years if they can pull it off. So if you don't have anything going on, check them out. Um, Volleyball continues to struggle. They opened up Big 12 play, beating TCU. They dropped four straight. Um, They look to reverse that trend tonight. If you're listening to this on Wednesday as they travel to Oklahoma, uh, do you got anything on either soccer or volleyball?
3: Let's talk press conference, baby. Okay, we'll talk press
2: conference. Nothing to add. Uh, So Malik Malik Knowles uh, has not practiced this week. They're hoping he could practice – later on uh, but the stats is up in the air where do you land on malik knowles uh, i hear coach clinton say that i'm almost to the point where i'm saying hey just hold him out make sure he's back for like ku him. i'd almost say
3: just put him, like him on
2: the shelf for two weeks
3: it already seems like we already tried to shoehorn him back and i i don't like it um, if you're not you know and maybe this is coach talk you know he could be i but he seems like an honest dude so I, we don't have who knows? But, you know, if it really is, if he hasn't practiced this week and it really is that up in the air, then I I don't want to see him play, stri- frankly. It's just why risk exacerbating the injury again and just pushing it back further when, you know, we've got – I mean, TCU's beatable. They're beatable. This is – I think they're probably probably better, but, and we'll get to that. But, yeah, I stand on holding him out. Frankly,
2: yeah, I would. I would even. I would even say just.
3: Just do, give him the Oklahoma game off too, because yeah, we ain't winning that.
2: No, not winning that one, and then you'd get more snaps for a guy like Chris Heron, uh, who was singled out by Coach Climbing along with Joe Irvin, is having uh, some of the best bye week practices. When you hear that, two guys that are going to be so important for this offense, maybe not for well, definitely moving forward into the future, but still, you know, you have seven games left in 2019. These guys can play a pivotal role, whether or not we get to bowl eligibility or not. Um, are you pleased hearing those two guys having good bye week practices? Are you concerned that it is two super young guys that he chose to single out? Where, where's your head at when you hear that?
3: Um, I'm I'm pleased. I'm not really concerned. I mean, we've kind of know, we kind of know what we have at this point. Um, and some of our older guys, age doesn't matter to me at all. I think if you've got a young guy that shows promise, then you should work to get him in, even if, you know, there's a guy that's slightly ahead of him that's older. Um, I think, you know, playing these guys, getting them experience is go- only going to be valuable, and it doesn't bother me in the slightest. Um, what about you?
2: No, I'm right there with you. I, I like hearing the younger guys. I think. Uh, just as you said, if there's a toss up between a senior and a freshman at this point, go with the younger ones. Uh, there's still a bowl game to be had, but at the end of the day for this coaching staff and for this program to get back to where we want them to, we're going to have to lean heavily on this freshman class and red shirt freshman class to get back to that point.
3: I totally agree. Um, the
2: other thing that really stuck out to me in the press conference, he said that the biggest struggle going against TCU's defense is their third-down defense. He said that they almost exclusively go press coverage man-to-man and contest every throw on third down. And um, When you hear that, how much of a concern do you get knowing how much we've struggled to convert <laughs> yeah, on third
3: down? It's scary because we've been so, so bad in the last two games third down offensively. So uh, it doesn't bode well, but sometimes when, you know, you look at statistics like that. When the game starts going, they you know they really kind of go out the window sometimes. You know we like going into Oklahoma State um, and Baylor, looking at you know oh we're gonna run all over Oklahoma State. They have one of the worst run defenses in the country, and then they we can't do a damn thing. So it, it doesn't it's not you know definitive, but it's uh, doesn't <laughs> give me a whole lot of confidence.
2: The one thing <clears throat> that I will say is. CC's pass pass rush, especially on the defensive ends, not where they've been in years past. They don't have these, you know, top, you know, 50 NFL draft pick type guys that are going to be coming off the edge. So here's the thing: if the offensive line can step up and give Skylar time, then hey, you can beat man-to-man coverage. I I'm I'm really starting to come around on, you know, Dalton Schoen and even Philip Brooks, if Malik Knowles is going to be out, and I'm and I'm really maybe I don't know maybe I'm just starting to drink some purple Kool Aid, some K-State purple Kool Aid, but I'm thinking the offensive line might have a bounce back game, and if they can do that, then we will be able to pick it up. Uh, another thing that was mentioned, and I'm hoping this has causation for a bounce back game for the offensive line. Uh, Coach Kleiman did mention that TCU does bring four down linemen far more than Baylor-Oklahoma State did, uh, but they are super aggressive on the defensive line. Are you happy that we're getting to go against a four-down lineman with how much we've struggled versus a three-down front, or are you just thinking, hey, execution's execution, doesn't matter what the scheme is?
3: Um, I mean, I definitely think that scheming matters. You know, the coaches said it themselves after the Oklahoma State game that they threw some different looks at them that they were not expecting, and it kind of threw off their game plan from the first snap, which is maybe worrying in an entire different capacity. But um, we seem to have a lot more success against a four-down front, you know, against even a team like Mississippi State, who, albeit is struggling this season, but does have a lot of talent there in the trenches. So we will see. Um It'll be interesting to see if, you know, we kind of pick up pick back up where we left off after Mississippi State or if we continue to struggle. But I think we'll be a little bit better, but, you know, we will see.
2: Yep. Another player who got some high praise was Sammy Wheeler. Coach says that he's made massive leaps from now uh, to now from August 1. But he, he made sure to say, hey, he still has a, a little bit to go. When it comes to playing tight end, having everything be second nature to him, called out Blaze Gammon is someone who does take the blocking and all the schemes in the playbook is just second nature. Um, Sammy Wheeler, we've touched on him a little bit. We've seen him more than I quite frankly anticipated. Do you think that maybe you know two three years down the road we're going to be singing the praises of Sammy Wheeler as a borderline? All Big Twelve type tight end and lamenting the fact that hey, for the first year in the program, he actually was playing quarterback.
3: I'm not sure. I mean, <laughs> oh, I'm not on. sure if we have any. Come on, I'm not sure if we have any tight ends of that caliber at this point. But
2: uh, two three years, it, I mean, Sammy. Weaver, I mean, maybe.
3: I mean, maybe athletic guy,
2: some more time in the weight room. I,
3: you know what, all, it's possible. All I'm gonna He's say, is- crazier. Players develop. Travis into. Kelsey
2: was a quarterback back in high school. All that's I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not saying Sammy Wheeler is going to be a poor man's Travis Kelsey by the time he leaves K State, but if someone w- wants to make that jump, I'm not going to stop him. You know, put on your purple glasses. Um, fi- final thing, he ended the press conference on this. He was asked a question. He didn't say it unprompted, but he did make sure to voice his displeasure having two bye weeks in a four week span. Um, I didn't like it. It's not fun. I mean, I, I enjoy watching yeah. college football uh, at home. Um, the last bye week, I, I was doing a bunch of wedding stuff uh, or going attending a wedding. I'm not planning a wedding. I was attending a wedding. So it was nice to sit and watch college football all day. But, I mean, bye weeks suck. I want to watch the Cats, man.
3: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it sucks from a it sucks too from a fans point of view because um, and we've had like some kind of a crappy start. You know, we had such a long time such a long period between our first home game or between home games, and then with we had the buys. So it, it's interesting that. You know, why I wonder why did he give any specifics why like from a coach's point of view he just doesn't like bye weeks just because it feels like they want to get back to the action or what? Well, he, I don't like it obviously because, you know, it seems like K State's never playing.
2: Well yeah, no, he he said he doesn't like having the two in a four week span. He said he in a perfect right. world they'd be spread out. But he made sure to mention that when you have young guys uh, and folks learning new positions, that there's only so much you can practice that he wants game time. Uh, and he, he pointed out, like, Logan Wilson, uh, as an example, as a true freshman who is getting out on the field and he wants to keep that momentum when they're playing well. He said, J-Mac has been playing so well, he doesn't like having to let him get cold on all that type of stuff. And yeah, he, that makes sense. And he said football's a moment uh, a momentum game, and he says it's a game of, uh, what was what, what was the phrasing he used? Oh. Uh, Man, this is uh, bad radio. I can't help you there. I know, but uh, routine. He says you want to stay in a routine. So um, bye week kind of throws it off. But yeah. you know what? Hey, we're rocking every week for the next seven weeks, um, so we won't have to worry about any of those other buys. Um, I have a question for you. If you had to worry about rocking in bed every week for seven weeks and you weren't up to snuff, what website would you go to for a little help?
3: I would go to bluechew.com, guys, because and I'm going to get the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. And, folks, let me tell you, it does work. It works really well. <laughs> uh, you can take them anytime, day or night, full stomach, empty stomach. Um, they're chewable, so they work twice as fast as the pill. Scott, you'll be ready to go anytime. Whew, so anytime. Like, if, you get back, if you get back from a trip and you take it, you'll be ready to go.
2: Boom quickly yep and it's prescribed online shipped straight to your door so you don't have any awkward in-person doctor visits or going up to the pharmacy picking that up Uh, all the awkwardness is gone if you use promo code armchair you're getting your first month free all you have to do is pay five dollars for shipping and honestly all the boneheads have all that money that they've won on my bookie so five dollars is nothing so if you need to get primed in bed go to bluechew.com if you need to get primed for the k-state tcu game you stick right here because we got friend of the show, Billy Wessels, from the TCU Rival site. He's the publisher over there at, I think, Purple Menace, I believe was what it's called. Um, so we got you there, yep. and then, go ahead, sorry, what'd you say?
3: Oh, I just said, I was confirming, yes, it is purplemenace.com.
2: Yep, good old Billy, if, if you recall, if you're a longtime listener, he did the primer last year and was the TCU representative in the now defunct season preview series and then the k-state primers coming to you from the radio voice of the k-state soccer team and if you ask me the true star of the game on 1350 on Man, the man the myth the legend mitch fortner
3: hell yeah mitch
2: yeah mitch is the bomb we need to get him on the show as a proper guest but your primers are coming up they're sponsored by bluechew.com promo code armchair for your first month free and uh here they are boom
4: Hi, this is Billy Wessels, publisher of Rivals TCU site, purpleMenace.com, and this is your TCU primer for the Frogs game at Kansas State this weekend. TCU comes into this game with a 3-2 record and still seeking its identity. The Frogs started 2-0 with impressive with an impressive win at Purdue, but followed that up with a loss at, at home to Crosstown rival SMU. Then avenged 2018 loss at Kansas with a victory over the Jayhawks in Fort Worth, then got blown out at Iowa State 49-21 before last weekend's Bye. That loss to Iowa State was incredibly disheartening because of how flat the team came out, which has continued a trend of slow starts this season. The Frogs were down 21-3 at halftime and 35-10 after three quarters. TC scored the next two touchdowns to make it a ball game, then the defense imploded once again and allowed two touchdowns in two minutes to remove all doubt in the game. The slow starts have become too much of a trend and it could be because of having a true freshman under center in Max Duggan. He's been impressive in second halves of games, but has been unremarkable at best in the first halves. He only has one first-half touchdown to eight second-half ones on the season. He supplanted former Kansas State quarterback Alex Dalton as a starter, and each week has gotten a little bit better. TCU head coach Gary Patterson said on Tuesday afternoon that Duggan is better at this stage of his career than Rose Bowl champion and current Cincinnati Bengals starting quarterback Andy Dalton was when he was a redshirt freshman, and Duggan is still just a true freshman. This time last year he was playing high school games in Iowa. That's lofty praise for the young quarterback that I've been calling Andy Dalton 2.0 most of this year. As Duggan has improved, so has key wide receiver Jalen Regger. He's been the best athlete on the field every game TCU has played so far this year, but the lack of stability at quarterback has stifled his numbers. He did have two scores against Iowa State, so perhaps he's waking up and can live up to his NFL first-round draft pick potential. On defense, the team is led by a pair of juniors on linebacker Garrett Wallow and defensive tackle Ross Blacklock. Wallow was among the nation's leaders in tackles and tackles for loss, and has been the one constant on that side of the ball all year long. He'll be starting alongside a true freshman, Wyatt Harris, uh, this coming game. Uh, Wyatt Harris will be getting his first start and first real game action at linebacker this weekend due to injuries at the position. Uh, speaking of injuries, TCU is also expected to get back uh, linebacker Ben Wilson, wide receivers Mikel Barkley and Tay Barber uh, this weekend. None of them have played much at all this season, so it'll be a big boost to the D- TCU offense and defense coming into this game. Blacklock seems to be fully recovered from tearing as Achilles' last fall camp and has improved with each game. He, too, is considered a first-round draft pick before last year's injury, so the potential is there for him to blossom into something more. With this much talent on the team, the expectations are still to be able to win eight-plus games And it felt like in the preseason this team was a Big 12 title contender, but spotty quarterback play and an underwhelming defense has shifted those expectations downward. The biggest strength for the Frogs so far has been the running game. Davis Anderson is having a tremendous season, averaging 106 yards per game while scoring six touchdowns. Him combined with Shewa Olonolua has been a real thunder and lightning situation for the Frogs. As they've helped develop a pair of young running backs too, in Darwin Barlow and DeMarquay Foster, uh, this team is built to be good on the ground for years to come. On the flip side, the defensive line has been possibly the worst in the Gary Patterson era, with starting defensive ends O'Shawn Mathis and Shamik Blackshear, combining for just 25 tackles, 4.5 tackles for loss, and, and 1.5 sacks. After seeing last year's starting defensive ends go in the first 50 picks in the NFL draft, it's been a major backslide for the unit. Even with the Jekyll and Hyde nature of the team this year, I think TCU can go and go on the road and win at Kansas State. Neither team is great on offense. This could be the first team to score 17 points win scenario. So I'll take the Frogs 17 to 14 based almost entirely because Jalen Rager's potential impact and how good TCU has been on special teams this year. Once again, this is Billy Wessels with PurpleMenace.com. Find me on Twitter at, at Billy Wessels and at TCU underscore Rivals. TCU underscore rivals, wow, that was terrible. And feel free to also check out the Purple Minutes podcast where we just recorded a 200th episode this past weekend. Thanks.
1: Happy Halloween, two weeks early. My name is Mitch Fortner. You might know me as the voice of K State Soccer. You might know me as one of three jabronis on the game, KMAN. And if you listen to me on K Rock, you might know me as the Fort. But today, I'm just a guy that covers K State Sports to tell you about a little football game coming up on Saturday afternoon at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Big 12 matchup between a couple of 3-2 and two ball teams, and it's K-State and TCU. First of all, I want to send a thank you out to Scott Wildcat for inviting me on the show to tell you about this big football game we got coming up for K-State. Trying to break a two-game losing streak. K-State is 3-2 and two overall, but 0-2 in conference play. Had a bye week this past Saturday, which I think was good timing, even though you had a couple really close together when it comes to bye weeks. And TCU is also 3-2, and two, but they're 1-1 one one in conference play. They have a win over KU, a loss two weeks ago against Iowa State as the uh, Cyclones pulled away in the second half. Now some storylines coming into this one. Obviously, one of them is about Malik Knowles, K-State wide receiver who's been the primary target for Skylar Thompson. I think Skyler's a much more comfortable player on the field when he has Malik Knowles in the game. Right now, he sounds pretty doubtful for this contest. Hopefully, K State can get him back, though, as soon as possible. Another one that really stood out to me this uh, couple Saturdays ago was the bad tackling against Baylor that led to a couple of big runs, led to some big touchdowns, and the offensive line. K State's offensive line has to do better. 15 tackles for loss. Baylor got in that game, including six sacks. That's not good. That is no bueno. Now, even though I mentioned some bad things, I'm still very optimistic about this team. K-State went 3-0 in the non-conference. They're off to a bad start in Big 12 play. These things happen. As a matter of fact, it's been happening almost every year since 2014. 2014 was the last year K-State had a winning record through the first three conference games of the season. Now, that's going to happen again this year. But K-State can certainly get the win against this TCU team. I still think, certainly, K-State is on their way to a bull game, 6-6, six 7-5. Six, I think 7-5 right now is the goal to reach. That means a 4-5 record in conference play, and you're not barely sneaking in with bull eligibility. So 7-5, I think, is where I'm putting K-State at right now. If they do happen to lose to TCU, that will change my idea of where exactly K-State will be heading after game number 12 of this season. Now, what do I think will be the strength of K-State coming into this game against TCU? Well, actually, I have a couple of them, and one of them is really thinking outside of the box, and that is TCU is also coming off of a bye week. Now, I'm a firm believer is when you have a when you have a bye week, you lose some of that in-game conditioning. You your in-game shape is no longer really as in shape as you want it to be. Well, with TCU also coming off a of bye week, you're kind of in the same boat, if you know what I mean, okay? So you're both coming off bye weeks. You're both going to be somewhat fresh, rested up, ready to go for this ball game in Manhattan at 1.30 on Saturday. Another one I feel is really in K-State's favor is experience at quarterback, Skylar Thompson, even though he really hasn't ever played against TCU, he is the veteran of this ball game. Max Duggan, don't get me wrong, is a very good quarterback. TCU got lucky to get the Iowa Gatorade Player of the Year but he's 190 pounds soaking wet. He's a 6'2 twig. White Hubert is going to snap him in half when he gets his hands on him. Now, I know Duggan hasn't thrown an interception. He has nine touchdowns on the year. He's not really a running threat. Skylar is a dual-threat quarterback. I give Skylar Thompson the edge in this contest. Now, I will say, and I know everybody wants this to be a factor, but I don't think it will be, and that is Alex Delton, who's now playing for TCU quarterback from K-State, transferred as a grad senior over to TCU, but he lost his starting job. He lost it to Max Duggan. Now, I wouldn't be shocked if Delton played a snap or two, and I would love to see the Skylar Thompson versus Alex Delton battle throughout Saturday afternoon, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Now, a weakness for K-State, and this does reflect a lot about what I saw two Saturdays ago against Baylor. K-State in this ballgame has to get over Not finishing drives. They need to finish drives if they want to beat TCU, obviously. Because I thought K-State was a better team from Oklahoma State to the Baylor game. Offensively, they were better. They just weren't finishing drives. They weren't showing they were the better team on the scoreboard. Well, the Wildcats against Baylor put together five drives or more than 35 yards and ended in Baylor territory five times in the second half. But one led to a touchdown, one led to a field goal. And K-State has been pretty bad on third down recently. 7 of 30, the combined last two games. That is no bueno. K-State needs to finish drives. No longer, no longer kicking, no longer punting, rather, inside the opponent 40-yard line. I'm done with that. No more of that conservative play calling. I want K-State to take chances, take some gambles, get rid of that weakness of finishing drives, or else TCU, if I were them, I'd sit in the box with with four. That's it. On passing plays, drop everybody back, man-on-man coverage on the outside. Do what Baylor and Oklahoma State did to the Cats to stop them. K-State's offensive line has been a little bit of a weakness as well lately with what I mentioned earlier with all the tackles for Lossie allowed against Baylor, which was 15. What is it going to take for K-State to win this ballgame? they got to win the line of scrimmage. Absolutely, first and foremost, win the line of scrimmage when you are on offense. When Baylor brought three or four, they were still getting back there and creating havoc in the backfield. And how many times does Skyler Thompson have to roll to the right side? Winning the line of scrimmage is going to win the ball game for K State. No little ball players in this ball game. I got two for TCU offensively. Is running back Darius Anderson five hundred and thirty-two yards on the season. Statistically, he's about the third best running back in the conference. Seven and a half yards per carry. He has six touchdowns on the year. Defensively for the Horn Frogs, watch out for strong side linebacker Garrett Wallow. Fifty-five tackles on the year. He has ten tackles for loss. He averages eleven tackles per ball game. That is third. In the country, K-State offensively, I want a big game out of Phillip Brooks. He showed he can put together a big game. Seven catches, 69 yards against Baylor. We just need to get him in the end zone. Defensively for K-State is quarterback A.J. Parker. He was burned a couple of times against Baylor. He had some poor tackling. And you go back to the game last year, Jalen Rager, who made a big catch right in front of A.J. Parker with his back to him, was able to squeak out of whatever A.J. was giving him. And score a touchdown. That happened last year in Fort Worth. That was a 69 yard score for TCU's fourth score of the game. That was a 14 13 loss for K State last year. It's time for revenge. It's time for K State to get back on the winning track. I have the Cats winning 23 20 on Saturday. Again, big thank you to Scott Wildcat for inviting me on the show to talk about K State and TCU. Tune in the game on KMAN from 4 to 6, Monday through Friday. And listen to K State Soccer this Friday. The Wildcats are in Lawrence, taking on the Jayhawks Sunflower Showdown. That begins at 7 o'clock. I'm Mitch Fortner from News Radio KMAN.
2: Boom. Thank you to Bluetooth for sponsoring the primers from our man, Billy, over at TCU and Mitch Fortner the golden pipes of Mitch Fortner. I I wish he would narrate audiobooks. I'm a fan of Mitch Fortner, Uh, but it's time to dive into the keys to be, uh, you guys know them, you love them. We're going to give you four keys that if K-State hits on all four of them, I can personally guarantee they win the game. So the first one, I'm starting this off for the first time in the history of a preview show. And mine is score touchdowns when you get to the red zone. We all know that this has been a problem. And, K-State's not connecting on big plays, so when you're getting into the red zone or even red, red zone adjacent, we have to punch the ball into the end zone. Fact of the matter is, versus Baylor and Oklahoma State, if we were able to score touchdowns instead of kicking field goals, we might be singing a different tune. We, I mean, you know, you, you, you don't know. Butterfly effect. Who really knows? But you don't win football in two thousand nineteen kicking field goals and you especially don't do that in the Big Twelve. So my first key to beat is scoring touchdowns when you get into the red zone. Grant, what do you got for us?
3: You know, Scott, I think it's time we reestablish that run game that everybody thought was gonna be a monster this year. It's been it's been on hospice recently. But you know what? Oof. We it's it's a miracle. The sickness is gone and we're gonna be back. We're gonna be back to our regular selves, and we're gonna. We need it desperately because we got to be able to keep defenses honest with our with our thinner wide receiver core. So we're gonna reestablish that run game and be be the tough bad boys that we thought we were coming into the year.
2: I love it. My second and the third for the pod key to V is don't give up the big plays. TCU is not a great offense. You know they have a true freshman quarterback who's been inconsistent. If we can prevent them from hitting big plays, K-State's going to have a shot to win this game. Um, you know, football, you you can't take out big plays. fact of the matter is that's part of it. When you give them up, you don't get to do the whole stats without the big plays. But if I was going to contradict that, if you look back at the Oklahoma State game, if you look at the Baylor game, if you can get rid of those big plays again, you're in the game. You might even be winning that game. So if we can hold TCU to no big plays, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say we win that game. If we get an A-plus on that, if I say A-plus, no big plays, and we still lose, I'll do something super dramatic on the game review pod.
3: Oh, man. I'm not going to root for that to happen, but if it does, you've got me looking forward to it.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that dramatic thing's going to be. Maybe I'll puss out. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I think I, I really think if we can hold them no big plays, I think we win this game.
3: Well, yeah, I agree with you. My next key to V Scott is we got to win the field position battle. It's going to be a lower Ooh, scoring game most likely <laughs> with these two strong offenses. So field position will be key. And luckily, you know we've got big, big, sexy Devin Ankle back there who's going to be dropping dimes. Hopefully not too much. You know, hopefully you don't need to use them too much. But when we do. It's going to be a thing of beauty.
2: Boomstick Swagger. I like it. Um, So now it is time to get into our game picks. Stay tuned for the final game to hear what we're going to predict in that K-State TCU game. As always, the game Pick'em is sponsored by MyBookie. Promo code CHAIR, 100% deposit up to $1,000. So it's time, 15 games every week. ESPN college game day, all the big 12 games and random games. I throw on there. Uh, I back to back weeks have started digging myself out. I went 10 and five, the boneheads coming back to the pack at eight and seven. And you were at nine and six. I am now only one game behind you and only two games behind the boneheads. Uh, You know, I I thought I was going to make it all back in one week, but it's been a slow and steady, you know, tortoise wins the race. Uh, but I'm coming for that ass. I'm only one behind you.
3: I know it's exciting. Things are getting close.
2: I know. I, I honestly we have it's just, seven weeks to go. Yeah, I know. I and if if I wouldn't have been a dumbass in picking Texas, I'd be tied with you and only one behind the boneheads. But it is what it is. We all make our mistakes. Uh, we're going to move on. The very first game is the closest we've ever come to a unanimous pick. Saturday. October nineteenth, eleven a.m. Oklahoma fans are pissed because this is their like fourth straight game at eleven a.m. or fourth of the year, and their game versus us next week is also at eleven a.m. So that's gonna be five out of their first eight. Oklahoma fans are
3: livid. What is they're your saying per- they're... what is your perspective on that? Why is that happening?
2: Well, because well, here's the reason why. Fox is now going all in on the eleven a.m. game. So every uh. time, like one of the one of Fox's biggest games every week. Big noon Saturday is going at 11 a.m. And here's the other thing. When you're in the central time zone, you can't well, you can't be putting mountain time zone on 11 a.m. You can't be putting pa- right. uh, Pacific time zone at 11 a.m. Then you think, okay, what's going on out east? Well, now, I mean, SEC, they, they don't do anything with Fox. So it's either Big 10 or Big 12 at 11 a.m. on Fox. In fact, the matter is, when you have Fox Sports 1 and Fox and ESPN all trying to fill 11 a.m. spots, Oklahoma is going to get there. I mean, it is what it is. I, I don't care. I mean, I understand why they might be mad. Night games are fun, but...
3: I was hoping we could get a 230 slot against o- Okie, but it is what it is. It yeah. would suck to have five, like... I mean, five in a row, 11 a.m. if you're Oklahoma. I don't think I get it's it. five in hurt.
2: a row. I don't think it's five in a row, but it's five already this season.
3: Yeah. So. Oh, well. But, yeah,
2: the, but the Boneheads went 99% Oklahoma. Closest we've come, I think only one vote went for West Virginia. So we came very close to our first unanimous pick. I obviously have OU. I believe you all yes. also have OU. I think that is quite easy. Uh, the next one also 11am on Fox Sports 1 uh, this is surprising uh, Iowa State going to Texas Tech on Fox Sports 1 the bonehead 66% went Iowa or went Texas Tech excuse me 66% Texas Tech and I want to go Texas Tech but I'm going Iowa State
3: I think I I think we're bleeding into their heads a little bit <laughs> I love it though. I mean, I, I love it. Here, I do too. Here's, I just, I want I'm going to Iowa state. I think they're, I think they're hitting a little bit of a stride, sadly. So I'm going to Iowa state, but it's not, you know, I want to, I always want to pick against them, but, but we're, we're too close for that. Now, now I got to start being smart.
2: <laughs> also, yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, Saturday, October nineteenth, 3 PM on Fox, big boy Fox, number 18, Baylor going to Oklahoma state. Um, Again, I'm picking a team I hate picking. I'm going with Baylor. The Boneheads 57% going Oklahoma State, so I, I support them sticking to their guns. What do you have?
3: I'm kind of torn on this one, um, but I'm I believe in Matt Rule, um, so I'm going with Baylor, and that's a that's a flop too. A flop.
2: <sighs> Ooh, a flop. Um, on Longhorn Network, 6 p.m. on Saturday. KU at number 15, Texas. Never forget Texas lost to KU in football. Boneheads have Texas 94%. I have Texas. Uh, I have Texas
3: you're definitely huge. picking
2: Texas, right?
3: Yeah. Okay.
2: Just making sure. 2.30 p.m. on ABC, and I think it should be illegal for the Pac-12 to play a game this early. 2.30 p.m. Number 12, Oregon. Going to number 25, Washington. Washington are frauds. I have the Ducks, Boneheads, 78% Ducks. I believe you're quacking.
3: Quack, quack.
2: All righty. The Pac-12, and this is just a disgrace to all of college football. Number 17, Arizona State at number 13, Utah. You have a top 20 matchup, and it's on Pac-12 Network. No one in the world is going to get to watch this. The Boneheads have Utah, 70%. I, too, have the Utes. Are you rocking with Utah?
3: You know what? I'm not. Whoa! I am um, going, going with, with old, Herm. going with old Herm Edwards. Um, I I watched one full game. I watched one full game of uh, Arizona State, and I believe in them.
2: Well, there you Upset. go. I, they already won I like at Michigan
3: it. State. They got this.
2: All right, I, I I like the pick. I like the pick a lot. No, I don't actually. I think Utah double digits but that's okay (laughs) october 19 on at 230 on acc network extra again if folks want to bitch about big 12 plus that's fine but acc network extra (laughs) not even it's going to be in like standard definition like 360 360p it's going to look like a game from 1992 north carolina going to virginia tech Boneheads have North Carolina 66%. I, too, have North Carolina.
3: Same. Who do you have? North Carolina.
2: Yep. That actually, I think, spread-wise, I think, like, three-and-a-half was the closest spread game in the uh, ACC this week. And then Texas A&M at Ole Miss, Boneheads A&M 86%. I, too, have A&M. Uh, that's on SEC Network, 6.30 p.m. Again, not a lot of close, evenly matched-up games when I went through creating these. So I think Texas A&M and Ole Miss was one of the closest SEC spreads this week.
3: I've got the Aggies as well. Those are two of the biggest piece of shit SEC teams this year, though. What a gross, I agree. I, what a gross I game.
2: I try to get at least one game from every Power 5 conference, so that's why that one ended up in there. Um, I don't like it. Ole Miss is gross. a and gross. They're all gross. Um, all right, uh, 6 p.m. ESPN two, and I lo- I love this game. This is the American Conference. I I'm saying this right now. The American Conference is better than the ACC on ESPN two, 6 p.m. The Mean Green of Tulane are going to Memphis. Sneaky great uniform game. Yeah, I love Memphis as uniforms. Boneheads have Memphis at 66. percent I too am going Memphis. 100 percent will be tuning into this game when I get home from Manhattan.
3: It's a sweep.
2: All righty. Next, you guys know this game. You love the game. It's the 10 p.m. special on CBS Sports Network. Air Force is going to Hawaii. The Boneheads have 57% Hawaii. I'm going with Air Force because they're wearing those awesome uniforms with all the different aircrafts on their helmets, uh, matted out gray. So I'm going with Air Force almost purely on a uniform play. Who do you have?
3: I'm going to have to look those up. Um, I've got... The Rainbow Boys. I'm going with Hawaii. I'm not sure. What is their uh, – what are they?
2: The Rainbow Warriors. Rainbows.
3: Rainbow Warriors? Okay. I feel like I had just pulled that out of my ass, but I guess that is somewhat true. Well,
2: the Air Force won't is. be able to
3: focus. They're going to be too distracted out in Hawaii.
2: No, they're military. They can finally feel focus. like they're going to cut loose. <laughs> All right, now we have three of the closest games that we've had. All of these were decided by less than five votes on the face or on the Twitter poll. Saturday, October nineteenth, Big Ten Network, Indiana at Maryland. Boneheads have Maryland fifty-one percent. I have Indiana. Who are you taking?
3: <laughs> uh, Maryland.
2: All right, there you go. And again, these are. Uh, I picked some of the closest yeah. spreads we could get, so that, that's why we're in this situation. Friday Night Lights, the ACC Friday Night Special, Pittsburgh at Syracuse. Boneheads, ha- Ugh, hold on. Uh-oh. Well, because here's the thing. This one was going back and forth all day on. I need to look that up.
3: What if we yep. had our first 50-50? No, 51%. Oh. The
2: orange. The oh. <laughs> Fifty-one percent, the orange, Syracuse Orange. I'm going with Pittsburgh. This one was going back I was watching that all day at work, so that's why I had to pull it up. But no, they the Boneheads ended up going Syracuse, fifty-one percent.
3: Uh, I have Pittsburgh.
2: Who are you going with? It is in
3: Syracuse. I've got Pitt on. It's a uniform pick.
2: There you go. And then the Memorial UTSA pick, Rice, who is winless. Going to UTSA. The Boneheads have UTSA 52%. I'm going with Rice to get their first one of the season. I just don't believe in our friends, the Roadrunners, and Rice played Baylor really tough that one time. Who are you going with?
3: I'll back our boy, David. I don't have any reason, though. UTSA is awful, but I'll they go, with UTSA. I'll go I, with UTSA.
2: I want UTSA to be good. I'm not kidding. I love San Antonio. I love the Roadrunners. I like their color scheme. I like their logo. I like David, um, and I and I like. Uh, I don't know. I want them to be good. I think it'd be cool if UTSA had a bowl team. Um, so they I hope they fire their, to go. I know. I hope they fire their coach and get someone good. Um, so here it is: the college game day game of the week. Michigan, number sixteen, going to Penn State, number seven. It's going to be a wideout game. Six thirty p.m. Boneheads have Penn State 84%. I too have Penn State. And I also want to say, fuck that old guy who was super racist who sent that letter Holy to the shit. Penn State player.
3: What a, Holy what crap. What an absurd fucking letter. I mean, I, Jesus. Oh, my
2: God. That just made.
3: Ugh. I saw Dang. a lot of those guys uh, down in Baton Rouge. Oh. Like, Baton Rouge was awesome, but it also, like, it's such a different world. It sucks for a lot of reasons. That we don't need to, like, really get into, but you know what I'm talking about. I do, but I'm going with Penn State. I got Penn I hope, State, too. I think they're going to kick the shit out of Michigan.
2: Yeah, I, I Michigan, I've, I've picked Michigan quite a bit this year. I think this is the first time I've gone against Michigan. I think Penn State might be the real deal. So, um, yeah, is what it is. All right, here's the main event. We've given the keys of these. You guys have heard the primers. Uh, you guys have read everything at Case Online. You've listened to the game. Um, You you guys are ready for it. It is 1.30 p.m. on Fox Sports Net. It's the biggest throwaway slot ever, but it won't matter because I'm going to be there. Uh, the Boneheads are going with K-State, 74%, a massive, massive number for this game. I like how the Boneheads are still confident, uh, but I don't have it. I I didn't pick this at the beginning of the year. I'm not going to pick it now. I think at the end of the day, TCU has – More athletes, I think that's, uh, you know, I think Gary Patterson is a good coach, and I'm really starting to worry about this offense. Um, So I'm going to take TCU 17, K-State 12.
3: Sadly, I agree with you, and Uh, poo-poo on me for losing faith in the Cats, but I I think it's a decently even matchup, but they just have more weapons. And I've, you know... I just don't know how I don't know how we're gonna score points this year. It's just been such a struggle. So you know, maybe we'll find the key this week and open things back up and ho- I hope we're both wrong, but I've got TCU. I agree
2: with you one hundred percent. I have been rooting for us to be wrong. I haven't picked K State to win since week two. Um it sucks. Um Well But but it is what
3: it is. We're not that good. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it makes a whole lot of sense. And honestly, you you picked us to start two and five, so you're right. You're right on brand. So
2: I am on brand. I, you know, it is what it is. I I I hope I'm wrong, and this doesn't w- make me waver from my opinion that long-term Chris Conn is going to be successful at K-State.
3: Me either. Um, you picked us to lose to Oklahoma State. Yeah, you did. Yeah, because remember
2: I was going for that reverse jinx thing for a while. Oh,
3: yeah, that's right. Well, that was a smart-ass pick. Yeah.
2: Oh, well. um, It is what it is, but, hey, Boneheads, keep riding. Um, We're probably going to have something for you on Friday. Fingers crossed. We'll we'll come up with something. Um, And then, uh, you know, it's go time. Uh, Hey, basketball coming next week. Um, be on the lookout on the Teespring for another basketball shirt coming out. Be sure to buy your Octagon of Booze shirts that Will, Will did a great job on. Remember, if we sell enough of those shirts, we are going to have Rob Cassidy from Rivals National come down and have a Miller Light, or Miller High Life drink-off versus Matt Hall if we sell enough shirts. Um, so, so get your Octagon of Booze shirt and celebrate beer coming to Bramlage.
3: I'm pumped. I'm ready for hoops. Not in like I, a football's over way. I'm just, you know, I'm ready for hoops. It'll be exciting. Um,
2: I'm not. I'm not because it should be starting in January. We we're barely going to really I touch on basketball. I do agree with that.
3: I do I mean, agree with that.
2: I think we're gonna try to throw some sort of basketball preview together for next Free Play Friday, which will drop on the day of the first exhibition game. I'm working on trying to figure something out for that. But, I mean, here's the thing. We spent, like, a month and a half previewing football season, and now we're just going to kind of throw something together at the last second for basketball, and then we're going to kind of talk about the the non-conference games. I mean, that kind of sucks.
3: It does suck, but, you know, they screwed w- us. They screwed us with with starting basketball now, so we just have to deal I, with it.
2: I will say, hey – to all the K-State fans, do what you can to get out to that Marquette game. Um, that's a marquee home game. I think the first or second Saturday in December, let's let's give that big game, big-time conference game feel to Bramlage for a non-conference game. Uh, everyone complains about never getting good non-conference games in, inside Bramlage. Well, guess what? You're getting a marquee game, 8 p.m., uh, I think it's going to be on Fox Sports 1. The students aren't going to be on break. It's not going to be finals time. Uh, it's a Saturday night game. So to everyone who complains about non-conference games, buy your tickets, show up, and let's, like, have a party in Bramlage that night.
3: What day what is that game on, did you say? It's, not,
2: it's a Saturday in December. It's either, like, the 2nd or 8th.
3: Yeah, that would be great. I mean, that has potential to be a great time. No, and it's it should on the be 7th. It should it's be a top atmosphere. December
2: 7th, be there or die. No, don't die, but be B square. So I, I say show up. It's going to be a wide-out game. You know, get your tickets now.
3: I love wide-outs. That's my favorite all, color out, if you ask all, me.
2: Yes, it's cool if it's done. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in K-State fans and being able to pull it off. K-State fans proved me wrong Uh, get a white Bosco's Boys shirt in the Teespring store, I will say this I got confirmation for the K-State St. Louis game that I will be literal courtside not just on the court like I was last year I will be courtside and I can promise everyone that I will not be like Nate Bucati and wave a stat sheet in somebody's face Um, but I will be there so look out for me
3: we will be looking out for you Scott
2: alright, we love you guys we We
3: love you, meet me at the Cathead.
0: Everybody's gonna- Out. Getting out of this conversation here. Yeah. It looks done in yeah. so Don't ask that question here. Yeah. This is my only fear that we become beautiful people.
1: network